Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome back, and I hope everyone had a great summer. Um, over the last few months, I've fielded a lot of different questions from clients uh, related to their financial planning needs, challenges with uh, the market conditions, inflation, and all the things that are happening out there in the world. And as I was answering some of these questions, I thought that these might be good topics to discuss on this podcast. Um, so that's basically what we're going to do for the next few months is I'm going to pose a question that I've heard over the last few months, talk a little bit about uh, you know, how we kind of addressed it from a financial planning scenario, as well as providing some background information and education, um, and then kind of you know, hopefully giving you some tidbits that you may be able to apply to your financial planning decision-making so that you know, ultimately you feel more empowered about the decisions that you're making. So let's jump right into it. Um, here's the question I'm gonna start with. Uh, Clients are obviously concerned about market uh, volatility, and they've seen some, you know, their statement values going down, um, despite having seen significant ups over the last few years. So, you know, the question I've heard is, you know, my IRA or my account is down 10%, 15% for the year. And I just saw that the bank is offering a CD for 2.5% for the next 12 months. Should I sell some of my IRA and buy a CD in that way I get at least I get the guaranteed two and a half percent. So it's a valid question. Um, so let's break it down and let's talk let's talk a little bit about basically what a CD is for real quickly. So a CD or a certificate of deposit is an investment or a, a, a basically a cash account issued by your local bank or credit union. Um, and basically it is for a fixed period of time, usually six months, 12 months, two years, five years, and they pay a guaranteed interest on those dollars. Um, like I said, right now you're seeing rates advertised for two and a half percent for a 12 month CD, a little higher interest for a little longer term, you know, maybe three and a half percent over five years. So basically the bank will uh, take your money, they'll give you that interest, and then they have that money in their coffers so they can use it for lending and other things. So as interest rates uh, in the country go up, CD rates typically go up with it because they can give the um, you know the buyer of the CD two and a half percent, but then they can take your money and loan it out to a business at five or six or seven percent, and that's how that's how basically how banks make money. So um, CDs uh, are guaranteed by the bank. So as long as the bank stays in business, the money tends to be pretty safe. Uh, and basically, if you ever had to break that CD earlier than the time frame, so let's say you bought a one-year CD and you need it in six months, um, typically you will forfeit the interest that was earned over those six months um, that you held the CD. So uh, usually you're not losing principal for the most part. You're just giving up the interest they've credited you. Um, and basically what happens at the end of that 12 months, let's say you bought a 12-month CD, uh, they usually just auto renew into a new CD. So if you're not paying attention, they'll just re-up it for one more year. And typically the rates will adjust to whatever the rates are. So if if interest rates go up in the next 12 months, your CD rate might actually uh, earn more money the next 12 months um, because the bank is, is you know earning a higher interest on the money they're lending. Uh, if interest rates fall, uh, you could see the rate that it renews at be lower than what it is. So if you bought it at two and a half percent and it renews, it could renew at two percent. It could renew at three percent. Um, you just have to be aware of, that, of those renewal dates. 
So now you know a little bit what a CD is. Um, but when the question is posed to me is, you know, should I sell my IRA uh, and buy a CD? Typically, um, it's like comparing apples and oranges. So usually your IRA is a long-term investment vehicle. So if you're, unless you're in your mid-60s and just in your in distribution mode, um, if you're 25, 35, 45, you, you can't really touch that IRA money for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So the question is, should I sell my, you know, the stocks or bonds that I have in my IRA that are designed for long-term investments and buy a CD that's designed for really short-term uh, investments or, or principal preservation? And the, typically the answer is no, because when you look at historical returns, um, you know, CDs or, or short-term treasuries, you know, the one year, one month um Treasury bills uh, historically, um, you know, uh, pay less interest than a you know a longer term bond or have less growth potential than a stock. And if we basically went back from 2000 to 2020, and you basically were just in CDs, so you basically said, "I'm going to put my money in safe CDs." Uh, since 2000, the average annual return on on those types of investments has been about one and a half percent, and that's you know based on the one month Treasury uh, interest rates. On the flip side, if you had kept the money in your IRA and you, you were moderately aggressive or moderate and you had the you know 60% stock, 40% bonds, that from 2000 to 2020 generated an annual return of about 7.5%. So when you look at your statements at the end of June and you say, hey, my 60-40 stock bond mix is down 10, 12, 14% for the year. I wish I had just bought that CD in January and got my two and a half percent. So, um, which hindsight is always twenty twenty, um, but essentially what you're talking about is market timing. And um, you know when you're trying to say, okay, well, if I could just sell high and then sit sit out for a little bit while things are you know volatile and things get sorted out, and then I'll buy back at the low. Um, and then I'll ride the market back up. So that's that's essentially what, when people are asking me, should I sell my stock, buy uh, a CD? That's what they're asking is, can I should I get out now and then get back in later? Because they don't necessarily want to sit in CDs for the next 15 years. They're just, uh, they don't like seeing their money go down. Um, and if you talk to anybody who's ever tried that, um, for the most part, for individuals that you know are getting nervous and they decide to sell out of their stocks uh, because markets are, are moving downward, which is fine. Maybe you know, so if they sold um, in in April and they they missed maybe the last ten percent of the decline, oftentimes when you ask them, okay, when did you buy back into the market? Um, my experience is that most people don't ever go back in, especially if they're a little older, um, or they go back in. Usually, as the market got back to where they went out, so you know, let's say they they sold the stock when it was at ten. You know, they owned a stock that was at fifteen and it dropped to ten, and they sold it because they were nervous. And that stock dropped all the way to five. And while it was from ten to five, they were like, "Oh, I'm so glad I did this. I made the right decision." And but now they're like, "Well, if I buy it back at five and it goes to two, I'm going to feel even worse because I, I had my money and I could have just hung on to it." So then the five, the stock at five goes to six. And then I go, okay, well, it's at six, but it might go back to five. Um, so maybe I shouldn't buy now. Then it goes to seven, it goes to eight. And they're like, oh, no, I, I still think it could go back to five. So I'm still not going to buy yet. 
And then it goes back to 10 and maybe it goes back to nine again or back to 11. And at that point, they're like, oh man, well, I bought it at 10. Let me just buy it back at 10. So um, during that time, you know, technically maybe they didn't lose money because they, they avoided the downturn, but they also didn't gain anything. And what it came with is a lot of uh, emotional anxiety and stress about, oh, should I, am I, did I make the right decision? Should I change my course? What should I do? And uh, if you talk to most investors, uh, what they'll tell you to do if it's a long-term investment is to keep those dollars invested um, and let them benefit from market volatility. Um, and if you have like a 60-40 stock portfolio and the market goes down, you know, that's a good time to do some rebalancing and maybe you know, buy some stock while it's a little bit cheaper. Um, and when markets are up and they're at their all-time highs, just do the same thing. You rebalance so that you're selling some of your stock at the higher points and buying some bonds uh, to, to round out your portfolio. Because the you know when you talk to investors, you know, you know, when markets are going up, everyone will say, you know, I'm I'm fine with risk. I don't mind it. Um, I'm happy to be an aggressive investor. Um, because if they look at the moderate investor in an up market got maybe eight or nine percent. And the aggressive investor got 17 or 18 percent. Um, yeah, most people are going to say, well, if I had the choice between 17 percent or 10 percent return, I'll take 17 percent. Um, but then when things start to go the other way and they're losing money and you know, if they put in one hundred thousand dollars and after a year it's worth ninety thousand. Now, all of a sudden, they're not uh, they don't see themselves as an aggressive investor. And, you know, the, the idea there is it's not so much. Uh, risk aversion. So they're not afraid of risk. They're, they're loss averse. So people don't like to lose their principal, um, which is understandable. You know, you worked hard for it, you saved it, you hate to see it go down. But, you know, just because the markets are down doesn't mean you've lost the money because, you know, what happens is markets go down and then they eventually go back up. So the only time you actually lose those dollars uh, is if you were to sell and change your strategy. So if you're out there and you're starting to ask yourself, you know, geez, I'm tired of watching the markets go up and down. Should I just get out and buy some CDs? You know, two and a half percent is better than nothing. Um, you want to uh, take a step back and realize that, you know, ultimately there's, you know, there's kind of three levels of decision making or three things that you're going to have to deal with. You know, first is the intellectual or the educational side of it. So if you are a 40 year old or a 30 year old investor, regardless of the volatility, Intellectually, you know that the right thing to do is to stay invested and or buy more investments. Because if you have 15 or 20 years, you know, in, in every market cycle and every financial situation, you're you're rewarded for taking on a little bit more stock exposure than cash over those 15 or 20 years. Um, and so, you know, ultimately we know what the right thing to do is intellectually. Um, and you know, you can we enforce that by reading a few financial journals or listening to some podcasts or, um, you know, you know, talking to a local advisor or, you know, anyone who's been invested for a while. So intellectually, that's the easy part. We, you know, we know what we can do and it's, you know, draw the correlation to getting in shape. I know I, all I need to do to get in shape is to eat a little bit less, maybe work out a little bit more. Um, so intellectually, we, we know what the right thing to do is. So um, the hard part is, is step two. Step two is the emotional side. So like working out, um, if I want to work out, I might have to get up a little bit earlier and I, I would like sleeping or I would have to watch a little less TV or I would have to, you know, you know, give up times doing something else to go to the gym. And emotionally, I, I enjoy those other things or I like having that, that second, you know, serving of dinner. So 
emotionally, I don't want to stop doing it. Um, so similar to investing, you're going to have a lot of emotions. And I, like I said, we talk about that loss aversion. Um, psychologically, people don't like to lose what they've saved. Uh, you're going to have other people chirping in your ear about what what's the right thing for you to do. And, you know, oh, this was a, this bad thing happened to me and I wish I had done that differently. So um, a lot of things will challenge the emotions behind it um, about, you know, what's what's right, what's wrong, how do I feel about these dollars? Um, so you have to understand all those things are going to be coming at you. And, you you know, if you, you can read things about emotional intelligence or emotional competence to understand that, you know, there's that second level of decision making that has to happen. And ultimately, emotions are hard to control, but you can practice. So when markets are going well, you can ask yourself, well, if markets go down 10 or 20%, emotionally, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to you know, question myself. Why didn't I sell earlier? But I, no one knows when markets are going to change. So you know that if I still have 15 or 20 years, they'll recover. So when, when I start to feel those anxious feelings or anxiety, I can take a step back and say, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. I've practiced for this. This is how I'm going to get through it. So, and then that final level is the behavioral. So intellectually, we know what the right thing is. Emotionally, we know all the things that are going to get in our way are going to aid us or, uh, you know, uh, be our adversaries. And then ultimately, we have to make the behavioral decisions to do the things that are best for our goals. So if you're a 35-year-old investor and you want to retire at, you know, 61, 62, 63, you know that you have to be, you know, disciplined with savings. When markets get volatile, don't panic, invest more money or keep your current dollars saved. Um, You know, all those things come into making the right decision. So, and if you can try to make the right behavioral choices more times than not, you're probably going to be on the right path. And if you know there's certain people that you talk to that are likely to try to convince you otherwise, so let's say you have a, a family member who you know, feels strongly that the markets are the worst place to be, try avoid talking to them about money because you know everything that you've read, everything you know, and everything you feel says, well, long-term, I need to be invested to grow my money. But if I talk to this family member, they make me second-guess myself. So- during times of market volatility, you know, I'm going to try to avoid engaging this family member in discussions about money. And if they start talking about money, I'll just try to change the subject because I know that's going to make me anxious and start to second guess myself. So if I can just avoid talking to them about money, then I won't have that had to deal with that kind of tougher choice, you know, when when I get back to my computer the next day and should I buy, should I sell? So um so if you can you, you know, do your research, do your homework, check in on things every once in a while, just make sure that your intellectual educational side is up to date. Constantly be practicing about the emotional side about, you know, hey, I see that nice shiny pair of shoes, but um, you know what I'm trying to save for my first house. So when I see those shiny shoes, I'm going to, even though I really, really want them, I'm going to then, you know, look at a picture of the house I'm trying to buy. And that will reinforce my behaviors to, you know, not not overspend on things that I don't necessarily need because I'm saving for a goal. Um, or go the other way and say, hey, you know what? I see that shiny vacation. I, I really want to take it, but I should be saving, you know, but when you look at the big picture, if you already have plenty of save for the future, Maybe the right thing is for you to, you know, get over your fear of spending and actually go and take that vacation because, you know, you, you can't take it with you. So it can go both ways. Sometimes you have to resist yourself from spending, 
other times you have to like resist to convince yourself to spend because you've been so stringent on spending for your entire life. So a um, lot to digest there, but ultimately when it comes back to the question of should I sell my investments to buy CDs, um, come back to the principles of how long, what, what do you need those dollars to be doing for you? And when are you going to need those dollars? So if you have a sophomore in high school that's been you know, in a 529 or invested in stocks up to this point, and you've seen some great growth, but now you're starting to see some, some, some you know, recession or, or dropping in the markets, and you need that money in two years, yes, you should be selling those stocks to buy CDs or get it, get it out of the market because maybe the markets will recover in two years or maybe they'll stay flat or maybe they'll, you know, there might be some more downward pressure. No one really knows. So if you only have two years, stocks are the wrong investments. But if you know it's for your retirement, which is 20 years away, you know, don't be uh, get sucked into worrying about short term losses, because ultimately, if you make a decision now to kind of avoid losses in 2022, you're most likely going to give away gains for 2030, 2040 when you really need them for, you know, to outpace inflation and other things. So, you know. I wish there was a one answer for everybody and there was this, you know, simple, you know, button that you could just push and make all the right financial decisions, but it's not that easy. Um, so just remember, there's not a, a one solution for everybody. There is a right solution for you. Um, and hope, uh, hope everyone enjoys, uh, the, the rest of the fall and, uh, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening until next time. On Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.